Welcome, friends, to random number 125. That's right. We've made it to 125 episodes of this damned show, Roomies and Movies. I'm Ox. That's Luke over there. And today, we're going to be talking about the latest and final episode of Titans Season 2. We're going to be talking about the next episode of Watchmen, His Dark Materials, as well as Mandalorian. And I'm... Before we even start, I bet you watched the new episode of His Dark Materials as well, didn't you? I just did like an you hour ago. A, yeah. I knew it. I was like, he won it. I guarantee he won it because that would be an asshole thing to do. Uh, also, we're going to be talking The Irishman that's new to Netflix this week, as well as Frozen 1 and 2, um, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, and Knives Out, which I just got out of. Uh, did you get all of that watched this week, for Luke? No. What did you not get watched? Frozen 2. Oh, you son of a bitch. The, listen, I went and saw four movies over the past like two Even days. Even after and... I put it out on the internet that this conversation is going to be so wild and wonderful. Uh, there was too many fucking kids. Ain't no way okay. I was doing it. Uh, so I was talking to some people about, uh, around Thanksgiving, like I, I have a couple friends that work at the theater and, um, Fort Dodge, Fort Dodge just overhauled their entire theater and they went to like, from probably 80 chairs in every theater to like 25 and, uh, they had to add more shows in the early morning because they sold out of every show. Like, I think they had like 12 shows a day. And I was like, that's yeah. too fucking many. <laughs> Tell with kids. Um, yep. I, like I said, I, I went and saw Saturday and Sunday. I went mm. and I saw four movies, two a day. And just every time it was just lines of kids. I was like, <laughs> I'm, not, it's like, I'm not even sneaking into Frozen. What other care. movies too many did people. you catch? Um, I saw 21 Bridges and Queen and Slim. I don't think Queen and Slim's coming around, but I'm hoping 21 Bridges is going to be around next week. Um, what was that about? Which one? Queen and Slim. Um, it's about this uh, young uh, uh, black woman and man, and they're like, <clears throat> they meet up for dinner on like a Tinder date. And oh, he's driving yeah, her home. yeah, and they like get pulled over and they go on the run. Yep, yep. He ends up killing a police officer in self defense, and they go on the run. Hmm. Was it interesting? Did you like it? Uh, I like parts of it. See, I shouldn't have um, asked you because I was totally down to watch this, but that eh, gives me hesitation. <laughs> I just. <laughs> I don't think overall, like it, it has a lot on its mind, mm. and I just don't think all the pieces come together mm. coherently. Interesting. I'll probably see it if I get a chance. I probably won't go out of my way to see it. But uh, how was Twenty One Bridges? It's a completely fine, like cop thriller. <laughs> all right, we'll talk about it next week. Hopefully, I'll be able to catch it somewhere. Um, so, uh, you want to dive in, or was there any news you wanted to talk about beforehand? No. All right. Now let's go and talk about how Titans have screwed the pooch. It straight did. Again. Jeez. It was like, <laughs> this is a show that does not end a season. Like, it's baffling to me. Even after we talked about it last week, it was like, 
I was so excited because they're ramping up. Like, we've been dragging it out. Like, we're going to get this awesome death stroke fight. And then last week, I was like, shit, it'll probably be like this back half. And then it'll resolve going into uh, season three. Not at all. We just completely like, here's a five minute fight. Let's get on to the next thing. Let's resolve that. And then here's another thing. If we happen to get a third season, which they have. But, like, geez, what a mess. Yeah, and guess what? Like, we could have not exacerbated, like, the closing of all these potholes if we just didn't do that completely unnecessary Gar and Connor subplot Mm -hmm. that took up the majority of the episode. Like, when you set up, like, Deathstroke as your big bad for the whole season and then you beat him in this, like, very badly choreographed five-minute fight where all the other Titans are just sitting in the car watching – like, there's no real payoff to that. Yeah, I mean, Raven's got all her powers. I Granted, she's healing um, Starfire because she's lost her powers. Um, but still, Doves can do some shit. But Donna Troy just showed she's a total powerhouse. Fucking taking on Superboy himself. Like, fucking going punch to punch with him. I never thought yeah. she was that powerful. But granted, she can't take on Deathstroke. Like... What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, but then we get into the the whole what the fuck about Donna Troy? She gets electrocuted to death? Question mark. <laughs> I hate I hate everything about like this last episode uh, because after they made amends with Connor and like brought him back, he can't fucking run and save ev- like son of a bitch. This show. After after you already showed in the opening scene that he can shoot a bullet and then run and catch it. Yeah. He's just like, I guess we're just going to let this electrified pillar fall down. It makes none of it makes any it's sense. Like, I, I just wish like after Donna Troy would have been dead, like they all just turned and looked at him. And he's like, oh, oh yeah, I should have. Shouldn't I have. Sorry about that, guys. Like that would have been so much better just because I would have just hated him a little less than I do right now. But like. It, it it would have been so much better if, like, once she collapsed upon the structure and then, like, Robin went to go grab her and then, like, he got electrocuted <laughs> and they all kept... Uh, 1,000%. Like, Dr. Light comes back and is just, like, starting to hit everybody with this electrified pole. <laughs> He's like, oh, I didn't realize your guys' weakness was electricity. <laughs> like, at no point would I ever be like, well, obviously just, like, Wonder Woman just throw a cable at her. That's how we defeat her. Like, none of it makes any sense. <laughs> it's so dumb. Uh, what a mess. Tell with Titans. But, like, it's so stupid yeah. because I know when season three comes around, I was like, let's give it one more shot because, god damn it, if these writers don't know how to do anything. <sighs> it's so, it, like, none of it gets any kind of payoff. There's no, like, even inkling of like Jericho living in his half sister's body, wouldn't that be fucking weird? But no, he's just like, "Hey, I'm back, guys. Cool. Now we're gonna go to the back of the room." <laughs> I love it that Rose was shown as a giant traitor, uh, saves Jericho, and then they're just completely fine with everything she did. Um, also, all the women find out that without Raven knowing. Or ever seeing Bruce Wayne is 
able to transfigure all these things to manipulate these four to come back together. Makes no sense. (laughs) (laughs) But Hank, out of fucking nowhere, challenging Superboy and getting his ass kicked so hard. (laughs) Uh, It's bad. Fuck this show. (laughs) (laughs) Just... Like, I literally, I stopped the show and I was like, I can't, is this where we're ending? Um, even, like, when they're like, let's, like, Bruce Wayne was there, he's like, let's go have supper. Everybody's gonna need some time to deal. We can at least have supper. I was like, what the fuck is going on here at this point? <laughs> and, like, there's no resonance to, like, any emotional payoff to, like, halfway through season one. Dick burns the Robin costume. He's done with this life. And then him building to becoming this new thing in Nightwing. He's just like, nope, thanks for the cool suit, guys. And I'm just going to fight Deathstroke on my own. Also, it's cool. I, like, I have electrocuted fighter poles. So, I mean, I'm pretty much way more badass. And even though Deathstroke... That means it, <laughs> uh, Dark or Nightwing could take on everybody in the Titans because they're bad with electricity. Right, he could have killed Donatello. No problem. <laughs> also, and then, why like, the fucking Raven go to the mascara? What the fuck is that shit? <laughs> I don't know. None of it makes sense. I and then, it. like, for all the season, when, like, Rose is, like, when she pulled the gun on Deathstroke, he's just like, you couldn't hurt me, but I can hurt you. You don't know how to do it. And she's like, I just stab you in the stomach and you die, right? Yep, that's all we do to Deathstroke. <laughs> so fucking- and then when, like, and Dick's just like, yeah, he's dead. And I'm like, did you check the fucking body, Dick? Huh? No. I saw a story That's definitely too. how he killed his son, so it's got to be true. I've seen a lot of people get stabbed over the years, and I'm pretty sure that's it. <laughs> it's so dumb. I really, really hated this episode. I'm glad you did, because if you were going to fucking come in and justify any of that shit, I was going to just be so upset. But I'm glad we could laugh and just hate it. Together, uh, I ju- I jumped from there to watching the new Harlequin uh, animated show, which boy, that's a train wreck. <laughs> I heard it was decent, but um, didn't watch. It. I don't. It's it's really really awkward because when I think of a DC uh, like cartoon, I don't expect there to be so much swearing and or just ridiculous like over the (laughs) it's blatant sexism which I feel like you'd get with Joker but like her willingness to just accept it all like she's just this dumb bimbo doesn't help her case I, I don't know the show's just really awkward and dumb but way better than Titans wrap up was <laughs> but yeah Fair. so if you're watching Titans we're sorry <laughs> well, you shouldn't be now it's fucking over just be done with it yeah it's over um, so let's jump from there to uh, let's do his dark materials because uh, we finally get some polar bear action which is nothing they just recruit a polar bear and I'm so yep. upset <laughs> We spend an entire episode showing off this one thing we're co- supposed to keep secret uh, in the shadiest village I've ever seen. 
um, talking to a polar bear that just is moping around because he doesn't have his armor. Yeah, and it's all dumb. Because then the world also doesn't explain anything. How is her talking polar bears? For a show that just wants the expository all over me all the time, how is her talking polar yeah, bear? Yeah, for a show that talks so much and says absolutely nothing. It's ridiculous. But there's people that love this book that are, like, I can't stop seeing all these peepin- people openly weeping about how great the show is. And I'm Those like, people are fucking fool. Fucking tell me how, because I don't understand any of it. I mm, was expecting I... that fucking little ferret to turn herself into a polar bear. I was like, we got polar bears on our side now. Let's fucking rock this shit. Why didn't anybody ever think of that? You have animals that can transform into other animals. Do that shit. But they don't control it. <laughs> it's a reflection of their soul. Fuck that. I would train my soul to be a polar bear then. Uh, I was so let down when we found the other polar bear. I was like, oh, I guess that other thing staying a ferret, isn't it? Well, that sucks. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I just... was just, like, I just kept thinking, I was like, how are they going to fit this polar bear on this this little sledding campaign that they're going north with now? Oh, they're going to fly it in the airship? That makes the least amount of sense. Why would you want to bear a giant hot air balloon? But let's go with it. But And it, it's not what they do. There Definitely. is no balloon. Like, I watched the next episode. The balloon's just packed up. And they're like, we got to save that for when we need it. I am legit so upset right now just knowing that. God damn it. <laughs> yep. Fucking Scoresby's just sitting on it. And she's like, why aren't you using it? And he's like... Gotta save it for when we do need it. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? After that was your selling point to get you into the group? And then fucking, <laughs> they're like, isn't it a good thing we brought that polar bear? And they're like, yeah, it is. And he's just like dragging sleds up a hill because they're like, the machines can't make it up. And I was like, fuck this show. I'm <laughs> so over everything in there. <laughs> God damn it. We don't even get the polar bear fight next one? Nope. God damn it. <laughs> I, I just want anything from this show and I just can't get anything. And it's Mm-mm. it's really trying me because I, I really want to sell you on the show for some godforsaken reason. And it just isn't allowing me. And like, even oh, I stopped that last episode, I was like, give me those fucking polar bears doing anything. Not ripping through town and just stopping halfway once it gets its armor is like just huffing his way out as he walks away. Yeah, and it doesn't matter. You can give me a fucking 20 minute polar bear fight. It's not going to make up for the six hours of shit I've watched. (laughs) So dumb. (sighs) Son of a bitch. I'm talking. I can't stop talking to people because I need to know why this show is so good. You should block all those people. I feel like that's definitely going to be happening in the next two episodes. <laughs> uh, jumping from there to Watchmen. Um, how excited were you with this episode? I, do, I don't know that I was excited. Um, some stuff happens <laughs> in this episode. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yep. Some, some things <laughs> Um, I think 
uh, I think it was the clunkiest written of yeah. the episode. I'm genuinely yeah, I think just that's... trying to gauge where your interest was on it because I know it's been strong to this point. And like going into uh, Sunday night, like I was just going to wait till Monday, stay off the internet, whatever. Like I think you text me right after the episode. You're like, "Well, they did what they thought was rumored for weeks, and now I'm, I don't know." And I was like, "Well, fuck! Now I've got to figure out what that is." And watched it that night. And uh, yeah, you're <laughs> right on a couple things. I-, I feel like you're right on the other things that are going to be revealed. But uh, yeah, it was definitely pretty clunky compared to the other episodes um <clears throat> we kind of find out true it, lady true is behind the dr manhattan phone booths um he has been missing for some time um we get to see uh sister knight's past um how she was in vietnam i feel like there's still a little bit more to that Considering I'm but, guessing um, how that's how they met, uh, I'd imagine. Um, I like that uh, for all the the parallels in the last episodes, you know, of Will's backstory mirroring Superman's. I like that Angela's mirrors Batman's. Like it's just they keep twisting this iconography. You know, it's literally no, the I kid who wants to go watch this movie all. but can't. God damn it, that's awesome. Yeah, it's literally, it's the, instead of getting scared and going out, it's like pushing the parents to get this movie and then saying no, and then they're they're killed, and, you know, because of that. Um, so it's this little mirrored twist on the Batman iconography like they've been doing with Superman. And I like that. That's fucking awesome. Um, I like, uh, I don't know. I, I like what they're doing. I like, I I like, like the idea. I like had to go and figure a way to get her backstory in a natural setting um, rather than just giving it to us. But um, I'm, I'm really intrigued. I think we have two episodes left, right? Yes. And I think next week's all going to be Manhattan and her backstory. Um, um, I like, I like a lot of it. Like I said, I just think it was, a, a, it was kind of clunky yeah. this episode, like literally like, when Lori comes into uh, Don Johnson's widow's house and is literally just like, white people with masks is fine, but people are scared of black people with masks. And it's like, I, I kind of got that last episode. You didn't need to fucking put a button on it and actually <laughs> spell that out to me. Like, that was the whole thesis of the last episode. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling they have been doing that this, like this entire time, and we just didn't pick up on the other times just because they haven't been that noticeable. Um, um, I liked, I liked the idea of, you know, them twisting and it's not even, um, you, you know, the Calvary is not even just like white supremacists, but the, the, the fully aggrieved and like their plan to try and make themselves a God. Basically we've, we've reached another point of, uh, appropriation, which we've been dealing with a lot within the season. Um, especially once you realize now that dr manhattan in the show is a black man now and now they're trying to appropriate that power for themselves um i like that uh yeah i don't know it's just 
it just wasn't as well written as the past episodes. I feel like when we take a step back after this is, this season's done, we're going to realize that it really went from zero to 100 real fucking quick. Um, just <laughs> zooming through the years of like the shit we knew, the shit we were shown um, with the first iteration of Watchmen, and then like all of this stuff leading to the Seventh Cavalry Cavalry's plan and shit. So, and then what does Lady True have to do with all that? And it's just I don't know. It's really fucking captivating me, and I I'm really intrigued by the whole damn thing. And then to have Manhattan show up like he did, I was like, well, fuck, because I didn't see that coming at all. Um, <laughs> like like I said, it's been a, a a rumor that I've been seeing floating for weeks, and I was kind of like. Eh, sure, I could see it, but I didn't buy into it. Um, stuff like uh, uh, when Judd Don Nelson's character, Don Johnson's character, was killed, and the kids are asking about heaven, and Cal just explains, you know, bodies are bodies. Once you die, you go back into the earth. It's a very pragmatic thing, uh, kind of like Doctor Manhattan's version of, you know. A human, a living body, and a dead body has the same amount of atoms. There's no difference between the two. Hmm. Uh, people latched onto that, and I just took it as in a world where there is a literal god walking around. Possibly, you know, yeah. atheism might have popped up more. <laughs> Excuse me. The other one that people latched onto was uh, Lori saying how hot Cal was, and you know, like someone who was in a relationship with Dr. Manhattan for 15 mm. years. Huh. Well, I'll be damned. <laughs> and then the, uh, the one that uh, was found after last night's episode or Sunday night's episode when they did the reveal. Um, so Dan Dryberg, the, uh, the second night owl, <laughs> yeah. excuse me. He, uh, he invented the Dr. Manhattan dildo that you see in like episode three or whatever it is. <laughs> okay. And uh, he called it Excalibur, <laughs> which, which, which fits because he was a, in, in the original book, he was a Arthurian legend nerd, you know, like his ship was named Archimedes, mm. uh, like all that shit. Uh, but he called it Excalibur. Now think about it. No. X Cal a bar. <laughs> Well, son of a bitch. So they kind of hinted that. So yeah, there's smart stuff. It's just something like it. It was so out of left field, like yeah. That I don't know. I don't know. I don't not like it. Uh, I just I'm not as in love with this episode as I was the other ones. Yeah, I feel like it's all going to be folding in on itself. I think Don Johnson still has a bit to play. Um, the trap door in the living room just fucking caught me completely off by off guard. Um. <laughs> But yeah, I think I'm excited to see where these next two episodes go for sure. Um, especially with, yeah. I think we're going to be dealing with Velt um, next episode too. <coughs> with the trial for his life. Um, I think he's looking to be guilty and I think that means uh, like, it seems like maybe that's a suicidal way to go that he thinks, but I think it's going to be like, well, we really can't do anything, so you're still in prison here, and we wasted a year of your life. <laughs> or 
I, I've seen people grabbing on to the idea that he's Lady True's father. Mm, I can see that. When she says, you know, like, when I'm here to save the world, my father will be here kind of thing. Huh. I'll be damned. So, we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. But, like, baller move to just be like, I haven't spoken a word in a year, and I'm just going to fart at you. That's my, <laughs> that's my defense. So good. Um, so jumping from there to the Baby Yoda talking show, uh, or Mandalorian, sorry about that, uh, but that's essentially what it is. Come on. <laughs> yeah, uh, we've known so, that for four episodes. It's so surprising. Um, it feels like they get the entirety of, like, they trimmed down Seven Samurai to a 30-minute episode, and th- this was all it. And it just felt so right, righteous. Yeah, I mean that's what it is. Is you know, them brought in to protect this town, and you know, outgunned. I mean, you don't get the the loss of life that you do with like mm-hmm. Seven Samurai or Magnificent Seven, but obviously we can't do that yet. Um, but uh, you know, it is what it is. We get fucking chicken walkers and some badass fighting and. Fucking Baby Yoda just being a badass. Come on, dude. When they're fighting in the alley and he's just sitting there sipping his soup, I was like, fuck you, Baby Yoda, you're the best. <laughs> it's true. I really want to hate him, but I can't. Every time he shows up, I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. That was... Or when, like, the beginning of the episode, when he's just pushing buttons, I was like, fuck yeah, Baby Yoda. Give uh, me all you... the Baby Yoda. Did you see uh, Pedro Pascal's tweet today? Nuh-uh. So somebody put the music to Toto's Africa, and like when he turns it on and off, he's like, "Yeah, that would happen." Except I definitely wouldn't turn off Toto. And I was like, "Touche, Pedro. Touche." That's true. <laughs> so good. Um, yeah, we get to see some great moments. Uh, the creature designs still rock. Like <laughs> it feels like we're treading lightly on similar character designs, but they're still brand new. Um, we get that fantastic cat that hates Yoda. Um, and then we see the shock trooper and like, he still has this moral, uh, compass. Um, he runs into the other, uh, ex bounty hunter shock trooper type person. And like, she's claimed the planet and he's like, well, time to get the hell out of here, I suppose. So, um, yeah, there's cool moments. Uh, when he was ready to leave Baby Yoda behind, I was like, all right, well, let's see where we go with the rest of the season. And then he runs into the hunter with the the fob or whatever they called it, the tracker unit for it. Um, I think he realized that he can't just leave it on his own. And Baby Yoda's with us till the end, I suppose. <laughs> oh, there's no way it's not. Just like I said, they're doing a riff on Lone Wolf and Cub. Like, yeah. that baby is going to be there for as long as the show goes. I imagine it's going to be a while. Hmm. Um, I like... I think uh, Pedro does a lot of great stuff with, like, the voice acting in this episode. Hmm. Uh, which is inherently needed for a show where you don't see his face. Uh, but I definitely get the sense of longing and that he wanted to settle down with his widow, but he just can't. It's not the path, and he is needs to adhere to that. And he was Could able. Could you to imagine if that. he would have taken the helmet off and he just has a righteous scar on his face, and she would like be completely turned off by it, and then he just kills her. 
What if instead, like, (laughs) what if instead it just cut to, like, a hardcore sex scene, but he still had the helmet on? Everything else is off, but not the helmet. Both totally fine with me. Um, But, yeah, great stuff. Um, I'm, I'm definitely following back in love with Star Wars and getting hyped for uh, episode nine with this for sure. You should be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you're not watching Mandalorian, you're ridiculous. And as, as leery of Watchmen, we are um, Mandalorian knocks another park every single week or has for it's half hour episodes. Like, it's just crazy to me how much they pack Let's... in. Let's just pump the brakes for half a second. I'm not leery on Watchmen. It's me being like, every episode's been an A plus, and this was only a B plus episode. <laughs> Doesn't mean I'm fucking leery on it. Listen, I'm I'm cautiously averaging out both of our expectations for it. Um, I feel like it's going to be stellar season for sure. Um, but I mean, there's that moment if they drop it the ball at the bot at the end, they'll be like, "Ah, I fucking told you." And then you just could you imagine if like <laughs> the last episode comes and Manhattan just walks down? And he's just like, "This is actually the afterlife, and I brought you all together before you could move on." I will lose my fucking mind. I swear to you, I fucking <laughs> swear. Like it's just been in his head. He's like. I've always just wanted to be doing these uh, recreations of what Earth could have been. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> fucking, it just pulls a drain out of the middle of his fucking head. I, if that's the fucking, <laughs> I hate it. I hate <laughs> out everything. God damn it! But Mandalorian kicks so much ass. <laughs> <sighs> so jumping from there to the three and a half hour slog that was the Irishman. How'd you do with that? Jesus. (laughs) Like, every time I loaded it and just saw three and a half hours, I was like, I don't have time for it now. No, thank you. (sighs) What a hell of a... What a hell of a uh, situation to get into. Um, Did you like it? I did. (laughs) Um, I think for, like, the first two-thirds of it it's just it's good scorsese gangster stuff which we've been kind of acclimating ourselves to the past couple years um and then it turns into something much more uh poignant and heartfelt and moving in like the last hour i think yeah yeah for sure um it's kind of fascinating how hmm how long it feels uh, because it feels so much more than three and a half hours because like I kept checking like I would keep pausing to go do something like for five minutes whatever and like realize that I've only made it 20 minutes to a half an hour I'm like how the fuck um, I think it was a great um, kind of transitional piece like from Goodfellas to the Godfathers and like we get everything in between um, I think it's really well done. Um, I like how they did it. And then when you get to that final moment that he has to decide how he wants his life to continue onward, 
um, if he has to choose a friend or not. And it's like, well, I mean, this is the job. But when he decides to do it, and like he, re- like he, I think he, when he walked into that building or the house the first time, he knew what was happening. Um, and that's why he didn't want to sit in the front seat with uh, the other dude, because the other dude strangled the one guy after this would have taken place, didn't he? Yeah, I believe. Okay. I no, maybe it was before. I don't remember. But yeah, there was definitely that callback to the last person who sat behind this guy got strangled to death. So I'm not going to. It could have been, you know, I think he was kind of wary of, I either need to do this or they're going to take me down with him kind mm. of thing. Yeah. Um, um, but no, I mean, I think for the most part, it, it's very weird because the de-aging is okay. It's it's as good as it's ever going to be. Like, you know, it's up there with like what they do with Sam Jackson and Captain Marvel and stuff. But all of them move like they're old men. It's yeah. very weird. There's that scene where, like, when the the grocer shoves his daughter and he goes down there <laughs> and does like the hand stomp, and it looks it looks like a seventy five year old man trying to stomp someone's hand. Like yeah. it's just like, yeah. mm, why didn't we use a body double there, guys? <laughs> just everyone's so stiff. <laughs> um, but it pays off with you know, when you finally get to the end and you see these people as old men and just going down and, you know, when you get to that last bit with De Niro and him realizing, you know, he gave up everything for this and he has, Mm -hmm. there's no one left. He has nothing. And, you know, like him trying to reconcile his decisions and live with, everything he's done like they wouldn't carry the weight if you didn't kind of have this movie told over that period yeah uh, i also thought it was weird that they started out showing him in a rest home i guess or like ali's surviving this whole whole ordeal um i think that would have worked better as narration over the movie at the beginning but also i think it gives it the weight that it needs like going through and showing all the hardship that he had to deal with. Um, these people weren't made it. These people weren't born into being gangsters. They actually built themselves into being gangsters. And um, the whole Hoffa stuff was incredible just because like I had seen it, it, it was that little bit from the kitchen that I really enjoyed. Like these, these monsters like we're actually doing some really good stuff for the community or at least people around them and helping like they just weren't uh hustling them for money um so we get the better side of that um but then you get this pissing war between him and fink um even after dino didn't want fink but like to be so ingrained in history and, like, it really feels like this was a history lesson. Uh, well, I saw I, mean, um, I saw somebody quoted as uh, De Niro's character as the Forrest Gump of gangsters. Like, he just keeps having, <laughs> you know, like, you know, it's like, well, he, he, he was the one who killed Hoffa, and he was running weapons down to Cubans during the Bay of Pigs. And it's like, yeah, you just kind of keep following these history lessons through the gangster side of it. 
Um, but uh, I think everyone's great in it. Mm-hmm. I, I think fucking Pacino gives a shit, and I can't remember the last time I saw Pacino care about anything. I think the bigger um, surprise for me was uh, Pesci. Like I can't oh my god, he's so good. I was like, oh man, Pesci's in this movie. I'm so excited, and like. For the last two months, I've seen everybody just enamored with Pesci within this movie, and I was like, mm, "That can't be true. That like these are just everybody's just sucking Scorsese's dick, whatever." But like, no, Pesci fucking kills this role, and like the lead up to the end, but towards the movie, like, goddamn, Pesci just killed the role for sure. Yeah, he's you know everything he's doing is calculated. He's not putting. I mean, you take a look at this and back to Goodfellas when he's just this rambling mess, just a hot-headed son of a bitch. And, like, to see that range over 40 years, um, it's just this almost controlled chaos at this point, and it's just so fucking good. Yeah, he's he's great. Everyone's really good. It's really good. Like I don't care if it's three and a half hours. It's uh, honestly, really... I think I'd watch it again for sure. Uh, I've been recommending it to people today. Uh, I just watched it last night, and like, I was like, if you're down with gangster movies, like you'll like you just fall into this movie because like, it moves so well, and yeah, it does feel a little bit longer. And I know you're a fan of that, so I figured you'd probably enjoy it a little bit more than I did. But like, yeah, it flowed well for me, so. Yeah, especially when you realize, like, this story is <clears throat> being told. It's it's like the same as Goodfellas, right? That was told through Ray Liotta's narration. It's his story, and you can see his rise and what he's doing. Um, this is also told through De Niro characters. He's the one telling the story, and you realize, like, what what is it that we see? What are the things that he's hitting upon? It's these yeah. moments between him and his friends when he's tasked with doing something hard and Mm. then how inarticulate he is about things like this isn't, Oh, I'm a smooth gang. You know, he's tripping over himself. He can't articulate. He just has to be this person and do these things that his superiors slash friends do. Um, You know, there's this, I think it ties nicely in with his characters. You know, he sees himself as, friends with Pesci and Pacino's characters, but his daughter only gravitates towards Hoffa and she stays away from Pesci. And then you realize that like, once you get to the scene where he's tasked with killing Hoffa, that his daughter was right. He's not friends or equals with Pesci's. He's his hitman. You know, like he has to do these things, even though he doesn't want to. Damn. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Um, But yeah, it's so good. Um, I always felt like <clears throat> he was acquaintances, acquaintance, acquaintances with everybody but Hoffa. Like he was Hoffa's best best friend until he got the ring from Pesci, and I was like, "Oh yeah, well now it means like we're kind of equals." But then, obviously, but even he, that was he, yeah, he sent him a manipulative move. Yeah, that was them to get them. You know, at that point the mafia could be held over a barrel if Hoffa got those accounts back. So that's them trying to say, 
you're with us, right? Not him. Cause he knows they have pull. He has pull with Hoffa. They're trying to keep him on their side. I imagine everything's calculated. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I just imagine the scene playing out a little bit differently when after he gives them the ring and like, they never made a big deal about whatever, uh, like badges or whatever they had, but you imagine Hoffa just seeing that and like understanding what's, what's to come. But even think of it the other way, like, you know, he had just been awarded that uh, Union President's Award and, mm-hmm. and Hoffa gave it to him. And he's like, this is the, you know, the best day of my life. My best friend gave me this thing. And then Pesci sets him down. It's like, here's this ring. You're with us, not with him. Right. Mm-hmm. Man. It's so fucking it's so cold blooded. Like it's it's perfect gangster shit. God damn. It is. It's it's really good. Uh, I think it's, it only adds... Or, I mean, it, we only set ourselves up to be ready for it, considering we watched Godfather 1 and 2 a few, like, a few weeks ago, and, like, those were both three-and-a-half-hour movies, so... Um, yeah, I wouldn't really worry about the three-and-a-half-hour s- side of it. Um, I think if You're the only one worried about it. I know, I know. But I'm sure everybody else is seeing that three and a half hours and they're like, now nah, fuck that. But uh, yeah, just go into it have fun. I saw somebody very eloquently tweet that everyone's bitching about the Irishman being three and a half hours long, but they'll sit down and binge a whole season when Netflix drops it. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair and accurate. Um. So jumping from there to... Uh, what the hell? Let's talk Frozen 1 first. Um, and what is your take on Frozen 1? I told you last week. <laughs> but just reiterate it for the active pu- public that haven't heard so far. It's about young women's sexual repression and awakening. It's very obvious. I don't know how you don't see it. <laughs> No, it completely caught me off guard. Um, I remember you saying the same thing about Raw and a few other movies that we've seen. Um, and I get it. That narrative could be there. Like, I totally... Hmm. <laughs> what do you mean, could be? The listen. whole... Listen. You listen. Okay. Everything that happens in that movie happens because Anna wants to fuck. If that were not the case, that movie would not exist. Mm, I guess I'm leaning on her sister's side of the story a little bit more. Where she just takes off and she's like, fuck it. Fuck everything else. I'm just going to go be this whole powerful sorceress bitch. Yeah. And that's like, watch that scene again when like she's doing <laughs> Let It Go. You know what? I don't, don't want to. <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid of what I'll see now. Well, like, she's, like, singing Let It Go, and she's building a big castle, and she it takes off her her arms, and she's had her whole body covered, and all of a sudden she's in this flowing dress, and she's sashaying her hips. It's all about sexual empowerment. Touche. No, I... And I could also see, like, <laughs> I, I definitely see the queer reading in it, too. You know, it's... She's gay, and her parents were hiding that away, and this is her being her true self. Like, I see that reading well, in it too well the giant um snow golem she makes to protect her castle a female 
So, I mean, you have that. Marshmallow is, anyway. Um, I don't know. But in the end, it's just, it's it's fine. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it was really weird because I think this came out a month, or like two months after the first, um, oh, fuck, I can't even think of what it, uh, Mag- Maleficent? Um, and they both sure. hinged on the uh, True Love's Kiss type thing, um, which was just a family-esque member uh, bringing them back from this this curse or whatever. Um, so, I don't know. It was a really weird, strange time a few years back. Yeah. And it could only work between the sisters... Because it was just lust with Anna. She just wanted to bone down with everyone. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. Uh, it was just very weird uh, because I hadn't rewatched the movie and like to have that take, um, considering it never crossed my mind prior, um, was just wild to hear at the end of our show last week, for sure. Um but no, it totally makes sense. Uh, you got to see the second one now because we got to talk about that some more. So, uh, give me like a month when all these fucking little brats are around. Fair enough. Um, so let's talk about beautiful day in the neighborhood. Then, uh, mm-hmm. how'd you feel about that? Mm, not a fan. Yeah, I'm also <laughs> not a real big fan. Uh, the movie was completely different than I thought. I was sold on. Well, like, there's a lot going on that I don't understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I get that they're basing it on the article that this gentleman wrote. Uh, but, I mean, you're selling this as, like, a Fred Rogers movie, but really it's a biography about this man yeah. and how he comes to deal with his family through what Fred teaches, which I suppose is the core tenet of the Mr. Rogers mythos. But, like, it just, it's weird. I don't know. And then, like, the narrative framing device of, like, that it's Mr. Rogers doing this episode, which obviously doesn't exist. So, like, <laughs> it's just weird. I don't get a lot of the choices in the movie, Yeah, I guess. It, a lot of it just, like, I just left the movie and was like, what? Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, a lot of it... I could definitely see this happening in real life. Like he, he is this kind hearted person and wants to make sure everybody that he meets is leaving the world in a great place. And like when he meets the, the father that left, um, I don't know. It's so weird. Uh, because I feel like everybody that walked out of this movie and liked it, probably didn't see the documentary last year that was really fantastic and like i don't know it this movie kind of grinded me in the wrong way um oh shit grinding your gears i don't know it just kind of detracted from what a great human being he was to like being framed as a movie trying to find dirt on him and make him not as great of a person as he was yeah, and then, you know, the the takeaway is that, no, he is that great, and he's great, and everything's great. <laughs> like, I just, it's just, it, it's weird how much of 
a non-presence he actually feels like in a film about him. Hmm. Yeah. And like, I don't know. It's just too weird. It's just, I don't know. It just didn't hit the mark that I was expecting it to hit, I suppose. Sure. And like I said, you know, like compare it to that documentary from last year, which is amazing. Like, Mm -hmm. go watch that. Like, that's a movie that made me fucking ball like three times in the theaters and then i watch this i'm like "Mm, cool it's tom hanks whatever yeah yeah that was probably my very very true to my own reaction um it was really weird is like so when i go to the gym like i'm around surrounded with older people and like older people that were in the generation of mr Rogers, starting out whatever and like a few of them were at the screening I was and really just wanted to stop to, and talk to me about how great the movie was. And I was just weirded out. I was like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I get it. That's, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. Like, I just didn't want to break their hearts and tell them, like, Ugh. I just didn't think it was that well made of a movie. But, like, these are people that see a movie, like, maybe once every couple months. So if they enjoyed it, the hell with it. They can enjoy it. <laughs> you realize it's finally happened. What? Fuck you, man. You've become what you always complained of me being 10 years ago. You're like, they don't fucking see movies. So they don't know the good <laughs> shit. I'll let it be. See, it's taken two and a half years for you to break me. Um, fuck you, man. Uh, so, moving from there to the fantastic fucking Knives Out. And holy shit, is this movie great. It is. I love Ryan Johnson <laughs> and everything he does. I was worried going into it. Like, I've only seen praise for it the last few days. And I was like, man, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And then I got sick the last couple of days. I was like, fuck, I don't know if I'll get to it. Uh, and then when we were talking earlier today, you're like, now nah, you got to see it. I was like, all right, I'll see it. So um, starting out when it lays pretty much everything on the table. You're like, oh, well, well, where do we go from here? And it takes us on a hell of a path. Right. That's the thing. That, like, I was literally, like, unmoored and not knowing what was happening when, you know, you sit down and you're like, I've seen a trailer for this movie before every movie for the last six months. Like, they've been pimping the hell out of it. It's a murder mystery. It's a whodunit. It's Ryan Johnson doing Agatha Christie. What's it going to be? And he subverts it by telling you what happens 30 minutes in and you're like wait what so it's not a murder (laughs) mystery now we know what happened and then it's literally you see the paces you see the detective trying to figure it out while in the background you see someone trying to actively prevent it and then you get to the third act and it becomes a whodunit again that you didn't even know was there it's just it's smart it's so well done like i'm so intrigued um, like I see Ryan Johnson's voice, like starting to shine, like he's starting to carve the edges out of what he wants to say, whatnot. Um, I want him to have his own project, like something written by him, like not on somebody else's property, like his own thing. Um, he did like this is written and directed by him. But it's I mean, an original. you said that it was it was showing homage to someone else. Sure, um, it does, but that doesn't mean it's not his own. Uh, 
Ryan Johnson has written and directed everything he's done. So I'd say he has a pretty well voice. Even when you get to Last Jedi, I think that's wholly a Ryan Johnson movie. He subverted mm. all your expectations within it. And then you go back to Looper and fucking Brick. And like those are his own movies. Like, Brick, you know, is a noir film but done within his own tone, just like this is a murder mystery done within his tone. Um, I think what I think would be great would be a double feature of this and ready or not from a few months ago. Yes. Just this, I kept just like this. going into this movie thinking it was going to be com- similar to that, where like the, the whole family would be at each other's throats trying to figure it all out. But you know, both of those are films about rich white privilege and it being absurd by an outsider who they think is beneath them. Like, th- neither of the films are subtle in what they're trying to say in terms of their commentary, uh, but I don't think they need to be. Uh, I, like, oh man, that closing shot where she's on the trellis above them drinking coffee and they're all below her, the stations have been switched. I was like, Kudos, fucking chef's kiss. Fucking... <laughs> uh, yeah, there's there's little notes that you pick up along the way. It's like, oh fuck, like nothing. It's not quite as as it seems right here. Um, and like the fact that they give things away and you might misinterpret it the wrong way the first time through. Um, brilliant. Well, because, like, there was that point when um, they're doing the layout of what happened in her head. Uh, I'm trying not to spoil anything, but yeah, who cares, yeah. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, Plummer's character, you know, it's literally just like, you know, you forget which is the stage knife and which is the real knife. And I was like, oh, maybe he didn't kill himself. And I was like no, he's dead. I'm just working myself up with red herrings. But then it pays off at the end when it is a prop knife. <laughs> I was so genuinely excited. Like, I figured, like, he was just going to come out of the woodwork. He's like, look at this fantastic thing that I orchestrated in front of you all. God damn it. Best birthday gift to me. Get out of my house. <laughs> but, like, that was never in question and we spend the whole movie just chasing our tails and it's so good it is and everyone's great and all the reveals end up working i -hmm. think um i the cast is great all the way through um yeah i don't know and i love you know like about halfway through it it becomes political and that's the statement i think he's trying to make throughout this film is it's a takedown of rich people and people but i also don't imagine this film hitting such a strong case as it is right now um because i mean we just saw don johnson in fucking Watchmen, and he was fantastic uh jamie lee curtis has been revitalized from the halloween franchise um the one dude from Get Out, uh, Daniel Craig and Anna are like everything just hit for Bond this last couple days. Um, like it's such a ridiculous 
consistency of everything lining up perfectly for this movie for sure. And it's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really fucking good. And it's funny and it uh it just works. And I'm glad you know he can do his own thing. Never uh, within doubt that he couldn't and then when he goes and makes a billion dollar Star Wars movie, I'm sure he has clout to do what he wants, but like I saw somewhere like this movie only cost like sixty million, and it made its budget back this weekend. And like he's fucking in the green again. I fucking love it. I'm so glad. Fuck yeah, Brian Johnson direct a movie after year so I can watch your brilliance. <laughs> bingo, bingo, bango, bingo, bango. So go I've been definitely go see riding this train if years. you fucking haven't because he's it's fantastic. Um. Definitely check out Mandalorian. Watchmen's still firing on all cylinders. Um, to hell with Titan. Um, yeah. So then what are we watching for next week? Obviously, uh, Watchmen, Mandalorian, His Dark Materials. <laughs> are you thinking that shit? Well, I watched it already, so whatever. Yeah, yeah. So um, what do we got theatrically? Nothing. 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 That I think that fucking Playmobil movie comes out, but fuck you. <laughs> We're definitely going to now. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> now I'm sure we can find something to watch. Uh, we got a, a couple of the shows we can start. Um, Don't like, you fucking tempt me. Legion I'll figure something out. Or Terror? Um, I think one for sure. Um, I'm pretty sure Marriage Story Hits on Netflix Friday, so we'll watch that. Um, have um, you watched uh, Amazing Miss uh, Marvelous Miss Maisie or whatever it is? No, and I'm not going to. You should because the third season I think starts this week. Fuck <laughs> that! I'm three seasons behind. I don't give a shit. I'm I'm tired. Of all these people being like, "It's so good, watch it." No, you tell me to do that. I will not watch what it. What if you watch the first season and realize it's really good? What if you shut the hell up? <laughs> Touche. Uh, is Castle so I think you watched yet? it. No, I haven't. What's that? Oh. No, I just saw that the third season was firing off this week uh, before Knives Out. So. Mm. No one cares. Everyone cares. Nah. Just <laughs> everyone who thinks that show's so good, maybe it is. But go watch Fleabag instead because it's a hundred times better. I guarantee it. Oh, is Fleabag any good? Fleabag's fucking amazing. Is it only one season right now? It's two, and I'm pretty sure it's done. Dun, dun, dun. All right. Um, But just calm down. I I am off this week. I will, you will get a text from me, and it's going to be like so and so (laughs) movies up. Watch it. Because I'm pretty sure this is going to be the time for me to catch up. Okay. Uh, I also like. Uh, wanted to catch. I don't know if Briggsy Bear is still on Prime. I think maybe it is. Um, but that and Sisters Brothers. Well, if you, you, I've seen Sister Brothers, so if yeah. it's there for you to watch, go ahead. Okay, I'll watch that. Thanks, um, we'll figure it all out, and we'll let you know what we're watching. Or I mean, you just show up next week and just be surprised in all the great stuff that we've been watching. Or um, that. Either way. Uh, go watch Nav's out for sure. Check out Mandalorian. That's all our time. Peace, pineapple, all that good stuff. Later. Big blue.